Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. Who is like unto you, O Lord, who is like unto you. You are glorious in holiness, you are fearful in praises, you are forever doing wonders. And so we honour you today, we honour you today. Let's be your holy name. Praise the Lord. Let us have our seat, please. God bless us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Please, I have been, been asked to please employ everyone to just please wait behind after the service to come at the pictures and we just want all the July, July children and things like that. I think they had a couple of things lined up. But please just bear with us. Uh, the last service might be a little bit longer than what it normally is, but please just bear with us. And um, one of the other things, just I know it's been shared, is that uh, the reason why we're not using our our actual site is because of some gas leak issues, and um, and we'll probably take two weeks for them to finish the works off. So we will be here next week Sunday by East Grace. I want to say thank you for everyone that is joining us, all our visitors. You know, uh, may God continually honor every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. We have been talking, we've been having a conversation since last week around capturing the heart. Capturing the heart. And last week we, we, we brought ourselves to the position of prayer where we appreciated what the heart actually is. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your heart above all else. That means whatever you have on earth, the most treasured thing you should guard is your heart. He says that, he says, for it determines the course of your life. So no matter, prayer is good, but if the heart is set wrong, you cannot even pray right. You cannot even pray right. So the Bible says that it, it seems like the Bible says it, 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 it determines the parameters, the way you would achieve whatever you would become. It is, you know, it is, you know, I, I was, I, I, the Bible even says that if you are prophesying, let me prophesy according to knowledge. Even when you are prophesying, your level of understanding of interpretation is based on how exposed your heart is. On how exposed your heart is. I have seen, you know, some two people give prophecies of the same dimension to a particular person, and the other one, the way the other one put it, it was so, it was very different. It wasn't that God wasn't speaking. It was, it was that, it was that at times, you know, that's why the Bible says, for example, they put it this way: you go to a CRS church and they give you prophecy. And they say, Pekuloshe, um, go and do, uh, kill this, kill that, and things like that. Did God not speak to them? But why would you not come to the CNS church separately and they will tell you, pray into water? Because the teachings affect a lot of what you see. How you receive. Not what God is saying, but how you receive. 
Somebody was saying to me once, I was talking to a very senior person. He said to me, he said, ah, by your, he said, just since I started attending this church, not this church, but a particular, a harm of this church, he said that, he said, and when I, he said, he said there were some angels that God retired and gave me another angel. That is why certain prophecies I cannot be given. I said, it is not, no angel is retired. Your understanding increased. And as a result, how do you, you, you give prophecy? How you, how you deliver your interpretation of what, how you see what God is saying is different. So that, that's the two reasons. So at times you say, oh, you know, no, a prophet that will tell you where you're not packing up, it's not that he didn't hear, he had. But his interpretation of how he received it is based on his knowledge. That is why you always say prophetic guidance. Teaching is important. Teaching is important. You know, I'm telling you, so I was, I was, um, somebody went in trance at the time. You know, the long trance. Person went in trance at the time, and the person saw, the person was seeing themselves in different colors. Sorry, in different color clothes on, a diff- on different days. So on a particular day, they were wearing purple. On a particular day, they were wearing yellow. And things like that in that trance. So, they told me, and the person said, you know, I was wondering what that meant. So I said, no, it's, it's not a problem. So we sat down. I went to the book of Exodus. We were looking at the, um, the, the cutting of the tabernacle, the dimensions of colors, and how God, how God, how God, this person was in trust in the spirit. But what we were able to achieve in that journey, even that person was saying to me that as God, God will have all the grace, Pastor, as I'm going, it, it seems like they are teaching me other things and I'm seeing things more deeper. But some people will see that yellow and blue and they go and sew yellow cloth, blue cloth, red cloth, and that is the end of it. Are they not seeing? They see it. But how, so your, your, your mind even determines how far you get from God. How far you get from God. So the Bible says, God it with all diligence. And we try to explain where our heart is as a human being. And one of the things that we're explaining from was Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10. The Bible says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and sorry, above all things, beyond cure. Who can understand it? You know, and I was explaining to us last week that most of the time when we read this thing, when somebody offends, you say, ah, the Bible says the heart of a man is desperately wicked. The Bible did not qualify. The Bible doesn't say the heart of that man. The Bible says the heart of a human being. So as long as you are a human being, this is where you started from. When the Bible says that the heart of a man is deceitful, what he's saying also is that you go at yourself, you will not you don't understand the capacity of what your heart can do until when you are in certain dimensions and you begin to see yourself manifest in a place where it will shock you go yourself. Because your heart it has the ability to hide itself in such a way that you will think you are okay until when it manifests, then you manifest. So when the Bible says the heart of man is deceitful, it's not talking about people, it's talking about you and me. So the position of our heart, the Bible says, 
Even God has to conduct examination to find out what is in the heart. To find out what is in the heart. And I'm just brushing through as we come to where we, 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 we kind of ended last week. You know, and I was, I was trying to explain that the heart of man can be so deceitful that David, who was serving God, who, who, was, who, was, who was doing a lot of things in the temple, who led worship and things like that, he did not know that he had the ability to kill a human being. David never realized that in his heart there was an ability hidden inside of it to take the blood of a fellow Israelite. And when a man doesn't understand, gauges his heart wrongly. Well, no, I know myself. David probably knew himself. The Holy Spirit came upon him. He was doing a lot of things in the temple. When David was doing worship, the whole place would be, would be shaken. But the day his heart was going to reveal what is deep inside, he took the blood of a human being. And David, that's why you begin to see David cry out to God in Psalm 51, verse 10. He says, Create in me, O Lord, a pure heart. Because David had realized that the ability of a human heart, if it is not guided well, it will do things that that person that's carrying the heart will be shocked. I was saying to someone, I said, have you ever seen a couple that started off and is, I love you, I love you, were they lying at that point? What now happened? When they will now look at themselves and say, I'm going to kill you. Because there is an ability in that heart that has not been taken care of or monitored well in such a way that that heart begins to grow in a dimension that if, people, if you are not careful, what you begin to begin to tell them, how would you imagine a, a you know, there was there, there was um, there was a time I was with, I was a daddy and we were people came in for uh, somebody came for prayers and a guy was sick and the mom brought him and the wife so they've been carrying him everywhere and so they prayed for the boy and he said he just said don't worry you'll be okay then as they were going I was standing around he, he just said. Mommy, please so, um, just do the right thing. Because if you if things go too long, you'll be in this position of this world. She said, What kind of nonsense is that? Da, 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 da. This is what I'm saying. Hold this fake prophet. He's seen all sorts of things. So he just starts to say quiet. And just and she she was God. So they went outside. And they, I think they, she said she, she forgot something. She now came back on her knees and said, Please, it is because he did this and that. And I made up my mind that I will see him to the end. What brought a woman 
who carried the child for nine months suffered and now come to the point where she's seen the boy's life pass away and her heart is sick. The ability of a human heart. Where you will first of all start from and say, ah, you, you know, the heart of men is deceitful. You are deceiving yourself. The Bible does not give, you, give us that privilege. That is why you would see again when David was talking in Psalm 139. David would say, search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me. So basically, I am here, Lord. See, you need to search well. Test me. He said, know my anxious thoughts. Another version would say, my inner thoughts. The ones that have not even come up yet. He said, when, if you see any offense, offensive way, basically you see any bad way in there, help me. Oh, you are leading me to the pattern. Make it right for me. So he said, God, you know, I need you to do examination in this house. Because I thought I was a good boy. But when I saw the woman, I took the wife. That was not enough. Until when I, I, I did not even kill him, I connived with other people. And he said, put him at the hottest part of the wall so that he will be killed. So it was a deliberate murder. A calculated attempt. So what brought that man to that position? I believe that one of the reasons why they did not say, God, you need to search this out. You need to help me so that this heart does not deceive me again. I don't fall for the deception of my heart. I don't fall for the deception of my heart. And this has been the key, the, the see, as, as God, as the Spirit of God begins to move, as we are seeing at times in dimensions like God is helping us this morning, God is manifesting himself. You can see that the presence of God is, is, is moving in, in the midst of us. But there is something that God is actually looking for in that environment. And Jesus understood that, that you know, no matter what a man is, anything that anyone would do, it starts from the heart. So Jesus said in, in Matthew chapter 22, verse, verse 37, he said, now when God was going to talk about how to approach him, he was talking about the Lord, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Because as long as he can get your heart, the rest is easy. As long as that heart can be guaranteed for God, the rest is easy. So the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your Because that determines what will happen to you. That determines how you would go with God. That determines a lot of things. The position of the heart. The position of the heart. David understood 
that one of the parts where the blood is burning, the fire is burning in the heart of a, a human being is when they are young. And David understood that David said, how is it possible that a man can be able to walk straight before God? In Psalm 119 verse 9 to 7, said, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living in accordance to your word, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray away from your commandments. I have hidden your word in your word in my heart. So David, David, David has already known all of this. I said, you know what? See, it's not about only, you see, it's not about spiritual, it's the hearts. If the heart can be captured, the rest is done. The rest is done. And Jesus, you will see this became a central focus of Christ. As you see, even in Matthew chapter 15, Jesus begins to say, he says, he says, but the things which come out of a person, sorry, the things that come out of, of, of a mouth person comes from the heart. And this defiles them. From out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. Jesus is saying the problem is not the, at times what we are doing is trying to address murder, sexual, but not dealing with the issue of the heart. I was telling you last week. Where somebody, where 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 a, a, a man was was gifted by God. I saw he's gifted by God, and he was living a wayward life. He was he was he was committing adultery like like no like no man's business. And soon and and some uh, the counsel that came to the man was that maybe if he's if since God has been using him here and there, doing program here and there, so maybe if he starts a church and he focuses on that church, his eyes will move away from adultery. I said, ah! <laughs> I said, whoever gave this advice, <laughs> you are telling me don't go outside. Just gather them to start on fire as you move around. That's what happened. If a young person has issues with sexual promiscuity, marriage is not the solution. Because if the heart is not dealt with, he will leave marriage and go and go it. This is why you have people say, ah, you know, oh, that person is, um, um, that person is, you don't, they are still, you just don't put money around them. By the time they begin to devise new avenues, <laughs> you will discover the issue is say no, the issue first is the heart. 
the issue forces the heart. Somebody said, he said, he said, if a man is stealing the boat of a train, the boat of a train, and he sends it to the university, by the time he graduates with a PhD, he will steal the whole track. He will become an advanced thief. And I'm saying, if, if you have, the little I can say from my own little experience, see, if, that is why, see, the devil has categories of, if you will not deal with the, see, Jesus even fasted for 90 days, sorry, for 40 days. After, after that, the devil came to meet him. See, at, at the level of your anointing, the devil has a special case for you also. So, if you think that, ah, you know, me, I don't, I'm, I cannot be a pastor that is, that is fornicating and that, 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 things like that. I'm going to be, I'm, you know, all these scandals everywhere. And you have not dealt with the issue of the heart. The devil will just say, don't worry, you can go to Spain, just have a girl there, out of the bush. She doesn't know you, you don't know her. And you are okay. Heart. Oh, the devil has packaging of different types of sin. Of different types of sin. That was the time I was speaking to a couple of young guys at uh, young pastors then in uni, and they were so I said they were they were they were talking about ah no we don't we don't we 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 have this we don't sleep around. I said ah that's good. See that I said I said why are you not sleeping around? I said is it because so that your ministry does not collapse? I said, if I tell any those who standing around me now to raise up your hand in the fear of God, if you don't watch porn in, the, in, the, in your rooms, I said, you have now practiced, your desire is to guard position. That's what you are doing. You are guarding positions. For men or whatever it is, who has girlfriend in another country, he's trying to guard his position. He has to do with God. So the heart has found a way to, to, to manipulate and carve out a special level of sin that is very secretive. So nobody knows. But Jesus said, see, the more you begin to build things, I'll say to somebody that when God created the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden, God put the tree of um, good and evil in the midst. God does not basically taking the good of the tree of good and evil out of a place. God gives people options. Is you are just the day they get option, wow, you'll be surprised. The ability to have God is to see sin and walk in it. That's what it means. It's not close all option. It may help at the beginning as you are trying to find your feet. But that is not the head. Does this make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So Jesus was basically saying that the problem is that, you see, the heart is what has an issue. Once the heart has an issue, they will always fall back into this. You know, even God, God had tried this dimension when you read true scriptures. The first time when God wrote 
the, the laws in the tablets. His intention was not to write it in tablets. He was to write it on their hearts. So we see God even talking in Ezekiel chapter 26, verse 24 to 26. He says, For I will take you out of the nation, and I will gather you from all countries and bring you back into your homeland. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and I will clean you, and you will be clean from all your impurities and all and from all your idols. You will have thought that God would have said that is enough. But in verse 26, it discovered that no matter how much a man is taken out of and saying, No, I am now a Christian. No matter how much you wash them, if the heart is not dealt with. He now said in verse 26, he said, I will give you a new heart and put my spirit within you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and give you the heart of flesh. What the devil will keep going for is the hearts of people. The heart of people. We saw a great man like, like, um, like, like Solomon. The Bible says in First Kings chapter eleven, verse four. That says, as Solomon grew old, his wife turned his heart after other God, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord, his God. As the heart of David, his father. It's even interesting that you see the word not fully devoted. So it's not that like he's not a Christian. It's just that his heart is just 50 50. So the Bible is saying, but the devil was, and that was what led to his fall. That was what led to his fall. But you see, Solomon, when Solomon started, Solomon loved God with all his heart. First Kings chapter verse three. He says, "I said, he said, and Solomon showed his love for the Lord. So don't Solomon, just as the way David did. But when you read the end of his life, Bible says he did not follow the standard of David again. He started off from the standard of David. Then he now began. What happened? The heart was not guarded. The heart was not guarded." Because then, someone had friends that he was speaking to, his colleagues that were... One of the toughest kings for the people of Israel was Solomon, in case you don't know. His tax system was mad. They complained when you read the last People complain and say, ah, <laughs> see, God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. But as we just quickly go, just because of our time. Now, so as the, the issue of what we are talking about, as Christ begins to deal with it, is that for you to know that your heart needs deliberate and continuous guarding. And there are things that God has placed for you to be able to survive your Christian work. 
for you to be able to survive your Christian world. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 6, says, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the desires of the flesh. So, Paul is also saying in the new dimension, when you see somebody behaving in a particular way, it is because their heart is, their heart is already set in a particular dimension. In such a way that they do not see anything wrong in what they do. They do not see anything wrong in what they do. He said, but those who live according to the Spirit have set their minds on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is, is dead, but the mind governed by the, by, by the Spirit is life. What that is trying to say to us is that your heart is like a, a, a canvas. It takes information from different angles. Now you have to now determine how diligent you are going to be in protecting your heart. In protecting your heart. The Bible even comes to a point, and the Bible calls it warfare. The most, the funniest thing that anybody can do to themselves is that when you are in, in the battlefield and you don't know. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 said, For we live in this world, we do not wage, we do not wage war as the world does. Our weapon of warfare are not of are not are not this world's are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divine, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Demolish, we demolish arguments and pre, and and every potential that sets itself up against the knowledge of, of God. We take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, I have tried to explain this, you know, to an extent to us. But let's even try to bring it in a very natural way. See, let's put it this way. Those, when soldiers are going to war, there is a place that is called the stronghold where everybody is contesting for. Because if you can grab that place, you can grab any. So at times, some strongholds are at the top of the mountain. So you can see everybody coming out. As long as you have that position, no matter who is advancing, you'll be able to deal with them. Does that make sense? The Nigerian police have advanced that same theory. <laughs> when a policeman takes you in Nigeria, this is how they can. They don't, they don't need all your body. This, this way. There is a way they grab you at that place that your entire body is useless. <laughs> okay. I've seen where people have been thrown into black Maria. Do you know what they call black Maria? Uh, 
the you know, you know, this is why it's good to be in, to be in, to be in the UK. <laughs> it's like a lorry. They don't, you hardly, there are some of them, they don't carry you. Once they hold you like this, and they just swing you, no matter, you will find yourself at the back of it. That place that they hold you is the stronghold. Those who fight, uh, who learn karate, all these kind of things, there are places you hit a man. It doesn't matter how big the person is, they will collapse. And Paul was trying to say that your stronghold is your mind. Once that is captured, the rest is his. You can try it tomorrow. You know, then when the Japanese can say, No, leave me alone. You don't know that then. <laughs> you know, there is one thing that says, You don't know. <laughs> you, don't, you don't know that they've already, you're already, you're already there. You just don't know. So you think that all the, hey, I can't, what do you mean? Oh, this is those are grammar. By the time they just go, we, that's it. The next place you see yourself is police station. So, and that is how the devil does. The mind, once he can capture it, you can play it in STR. It's not a problem, he doesn't care. If, your, if that mind is captured, it's done. And Paul is saying that, so what I'm trying to point out is that why would Paul look at that as a warfare? Why would he come to a conclusion and say this is not an issue of, you know, I, I am okay. The Bible now said something. It said they are power, they have the weapon we use in his heart. I have divine powers. They have divine powers. And one of the things as we come to this point, as we begin to examine one of the tools that the Bible has created for us as divine powers, is to first, is to so understand that there is something in your heart, in the secular world, they may call it the police of your heart. That is called your conscience. Your conscience is that which God uses to ensure that you are in line. But the devil has a way, and the Bible talks about when the conscience of a man dies, then whatever they do, it doesn't matter. That person you can, just like the, the, um, uh, David, David slept with that woman. The conscience was not saying anything. He killed that man. Until when one who had the spirit of God came and woke up that conscience. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 20 verse, verse 27, the Bible says the spirit, bracket, the conscience of a man is the lamb of God. Searching and examining the innermost part of his being. So God lights up your conscience. And he uses this to begin 
to, to guide you as you go on. I don't have that scripture up that says that the, the, the Bible says that it says when the spirit of truth comes, the Holy Spirit, he said he will convict you of sin. John. The Bible says he will convict you of sin. So you cannot be one of the things that the Holy Spirit will do for you is to stir up your conviction. When you begin to live a life and the conviction is there, it's because your conscience is already dying. See, I am not talking that do you, do you speak in tongues. That is not what I am saying here. Because I have seen somebody. God help us. Somebody's went not here. Somebody went in trance. We're looking at we're talking about. And decided that the way to transfer Holy Spirit to girls is by sleeping with them. So I am not talking about the fact that you 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 know you come across the Holy Spirit. No, there is a particular dimension of the Holy Spirit. That when he hits you, you become uncomfortable. It's the light is is hot. The, you know the Bible says that he said, "Verily I tell you," he said, "For it is good." Um, he said, he said it's, "Unless I come and send you an advocate, talking about the Holy Spirit." Verse verse eight. He says, "When he comes, he will prove the world. You prove the world to be wrong about sin." And righteousness and judgment. On that translation, we tell you, the Bible tell you, it will convict. There will be a conviction. And the Bible later explains to us that there are two types of sorrow. The Bible says there is what is called godly sorrow and, um, and, and worldly sorrow. And we said godly sorrow is the sorrow that. You know, the worldly sorrow is when you are sorry because you were caught. What that would do is that that person would only just find a better way not to, do, not to be caught. Rather. That's why the Bible says that godly, godly sorrow is what leads to repentance. But worldly sorrow doesn't, doesn't do that. So in the kingdom of God, Conviction is key to make your Christian so that you can survive and make it to heaven. So that you can survive and make it to heaven. Paul was talking to Timothy in First Timothy chapter four. In First Timothy chapter four, he says the spirits clearly says that in the later times, that is in the end times, some will abandon their faith and follow deceiving spirits. Thoughts, and follow deceiving spirit things taught by demons. Such teachings will come through hypocritical liars whose conscience have been snared as with all higher. On that transition will tell you whose conscience are dead. 
So they begin to, they are in church, but the conscience is dead. In such a way that when they are doing something wrong, they don't feel it. So those are, you see, those, <laughs> those are dimensions of people that will say, oh, me and God, we are still dealing with all these kind of things. I know that God, God was talking to me about that, that you know, stop, stop doing all these kind of things. It is wrong. Yeah, you know, me and God, we, are, we understand ourselves, but we are still trying to work things out. This, the conscience is dying bit by bit. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. First Timothy. Let's go on to first Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1. Paul was talking, advising Timothy that Timothy, <laughs> the way you are going to survive in your Christian work is this. He said, Timothy, my son, hear my instructions for you. Based on prophetic words spoken about you earlier. So he said, Timothy, they just gave you vision. Very strong ones. That will ensure that you become the greatest one of the world. Oh, your ministry will grow. He now said to them, he said, he, he said, he said, he said that they may help you to fight in the Lord's battle. Cling to your faith in Christ. Keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their conscience as a result, their faith has suffered a shipwreck. So basically, what he's saying is that no matter what dimension of prophecy you will get. If your conscience is not alive, your faith will suffer a shipwreck. So Paul was saying to Timothy, listen, you no, know, I know that they just finished service and you are so excited about the miracle and the signs and wonders and the prophecy. But Timothy, if your conscience is not alive, all that thing, it will hang in a shipwreck. So what he was saying in, in essence is that the most important thing is that you keep that conscience alive. And it is a deliberate effort. It is not something that you, it is a deliberate effort. You have to, you have to expose yourself so much to the word of God that it will hit you in the places you do not like. Why it is you are you are you are allowing your conscience to be able to, 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 be, to come alive. Now these are men that we read in, read of in scriptures that has worked with God and we are reading about their exploits. Yet they are warning themselves that what matters to you most is that your conscience does not die. Paul will talk about it in, in, in um, Acts chapter 24, verse 16. He says, I strive always to keep my conscience clear before God and before man. God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. One of the things, I'm just going to just one of the things as, as we 
just bringing this to one side. It's the ability to be able to expose your mind to strong teaching. I'm not talking about teaching of seven heaven, 52 hell. No. <laughs> there is a dimension the Bible calls the undiluted word of God. That is the only thing that can make your Christian life come alive. The one that will expose your heart. See, at times when God is dealing with your conscience, you know, we normally quote this scripture that God has, um, the word of God is a two-edged sword. Oh, that's what, what we use, we use it for prayer. Take up your two-edged sword. Oh yeah, begin to cut off any devil. Is that what the Bible teaches? Do you know who the Bible says that true against all this? You, me. It says it will pierce through your heart. But we are not taking that same two against sword like chasing demons. So when the Bible is saying, God is saying, I said, He said, the word of God is a two against. He said, it pierces through the marrow of the heart. It finds out the hidden things in those places. But for you to be able to pierce yourself, with, you must be ready to do, to allow the Holy Spirit through the word of God to pierce through. It is hard though. Maybe I have an ogre. Who will say, God, don't mind my tears. Even if I'm crying, don't stop. Because <laughs> I think that God will be asking, will be reading the scripture, and God will say, Are you going to do this? He'll be like, Ah, and you would be, you would, I don't know if I, you will be crying while praying. You are crying while praying because your heart is going through a surgery. Your heart is going through a surgery. So we'll just, the Bible says something here which we would just, um, you know, um, and so the word of God is key. As you begin to open up yourself to the word, there will be days when you will read the word of God and you will not be happy. That is scripture. There will be days you will feel excited. But you know what the word of God feels happy is that when you hit it, it tastes bitter. But when it goes inside, you begin to feel the joy of it. So when people say that ah, the word of God is only to exalt and lift you up, may God grant us grace in the name of Jesus Christ. So as we, and one thing also which I appreciate David for, David was conscious that Father, my conscience must not die. Because once your conscience dies, or you cannot hear God again. See, what, con what your conscience does, and when, you, when God is speaking to you, your conscience amplifies it. You will offend somebody, you will not, you will not be able to sleep. 
Or the Holy Spirit will be dealing with you in the middle of that. You will steal something you will not be able to see. Because that conscience, the Holy Spirit is setting fire on that conscience. That's what is happening. And that conscience is so loud. You are in a gathering of friends. The Holy Spirit is saying, what are you doing here? And you become uncomfortable. People say, ah, are you not, are you not enjoying our environment? You'll be like, eh, yeah, I just want to go home. Why? It's because you have met Christ. And one of the things is responsibility is that he sets your conscience alive. But it is now your job not to shut, shut it down. Because it is a lifeline. I've seen people, see, once that conscience is alive, I've seen people who, who was this particular lady, you know, she was, she was, she was deep into, um, um, she was a porn star. But, you know, she was still, she would read the Bible, pray, and go to shoot. She would pray for protection. And she's gone. But gradually, the fire was, was burning. The fire was burning. He was on the plane. She was flying from one part of America to another to shoot the movie. And she began to cry in that, in that, in, in that, she just read a part of scripture. What happened? The conscience caught fire. And that was the end. That was the last time she ever attended. She now goes to those places and stands outside as people are going in to do shoots and preaching to them about Christ. What happened? The conscience caught fire. And one thing that Jesus did on the cross, and that is where I would, you know, I would, I would, I would bring it to, you know, we'll draw, we'll bring it to a point of prayer. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. The Bible says, How much more then would the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish unto God, cleanse our conscience. So on Calvary, one of the things that Jesus did is so that your conscience may come alive. As a Christian, one of the things that Christ did for you is so that your conscience may come alive. And there are some of us here that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your conscience about certain things. You'll be saying, mm, let's push it to one side. One thing is that if you are not careful, that conscience will go dead. Then you will feel nothing. Have you had somebody say, ah, the Holy Spirit has not spoken to me about these things. And the Holy Spirit, you see, if I, me and the Holy Spirit, we, we know the way we walk, when I'm doing something wrong, I know, because the Holy Spirit would, would, would tell me, the conscience is gone. The speaker that you speak how to speak to is blocked. This is how I know. No, see, I have been. I have, see, those are the days. That's why the Bible, the song says, "Ibukutimonia daba mo komo Jesu." Owanye pade mo pada odishetu. In that sweat of us saying mo koeche, because once the Holy Spirit comes back. And maybe there are some of us, and even if you are not there yet, you need to pray, you need to pray the prayer of David. 
You cannot survive your Christian life if your conscience dies. I'm not saying that you cannot be in church. I'm not saying that you cannot preach. Have you ever seen these people who preach? After preaching, I've seen people who are fasted and they go and pray to the girlfriend's house. And, uh, please do. Um, you know, I've, 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 been, I've been fasting for so so please to help me to stop asking. Doctrine can, if you are not careful, doctrine can teach your heart. People say, ah, all these things is not the problem. It is Psalm 51 that will end it. The conscience is dead. So I don't want to just say Psalm 51. Pa, pa, pa. People will be reading Psalm 51 to go and they know that they are already planning the thing that they are doing. So they say, God, let me pray now so that the grace I will get now will cover me to where I'm going. They are praying, they are praying about future sin, not even past. Future sin. Not future sin that you don't know. Future sin that you are well aware. The Bible says, how much more shall Christ, um, the, the blood of Christ, purge our hearts? You might be saying that you know, maybe certain things are going to be difficult for you. Let me just quote this last scripture. The scripture that we normally quote, and at times we don't quote it, we don't even use it for the context by which the Bible is talking about. The Bible says, for this is our vision, for everyone who is born of God overcomes the world, even our faith. So when somebody is going to something, ah, you overcome the world, even your faith. It is good. But let's read that scripture. First John chapter 5. This is good. First um, John chapter 5. The Bible says, now, this is how we know that we love we, that we love the children of God by loving God and carrying out his commandments. In fact, this is the law for God to keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. So people say, ah, you know, this Christian life, I don't even know how to do it. It's too, it's, too, it's too difficult. But the Bible is saying, for this is how, this is, this is why it is easy for us. He said, for everyone who, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is uh, and this is the victory that we overcome the world, even our faith. Who, who is the one that has overcome except the one that Christ that has given that to Christ? Now basically what the Bible is saying is that there is because you you because you are born of God, there is your when your faith is alive. You can overcome certain things. The sin that you think is impossible, because you are born of God, you already have the ability to overcome it. Does that make sense? God grant us grace in the name of Jesus. So as we come together, we will approach God like David did. Some of us, you may be okay, but maybe you need God to search your heart. Some of us, you are at the point where you have reached conviction. I said, God, creating me a climate. Because you don't want your Christian faith to suffer a shipwreck. 
Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.